Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Well, hi, everybody, and I'm so excited to be able to introduce my guest to you today, Melinda Jamison, and could not be more thrilled to add her as a list of folks I am excited to know. Melinda graduated from the University of Kentucky. She graduated in 2004 with a BA in Political Science and Integrated Strategic Communications with emphasis in public relations. That is a mouthful right there, Melinda. Yes, it is. And not only that, I just want to skip to one of the biggest accolades as I was reading over all of her many and decorated titles. She was named the 2018 National CASA Kappa Alpha Theta CASA Program Director of the Year for the entire United States. So it's pretty exciting because she is the Executive Director and she serves as a legislative aide for the Lexington Fayette Urban County Government City Council and the Executive Director of another CASA program. And in her free time, she enjoys running, traveling, hiking, meeting new people, spending time with her husband, and experiencing new cultures. So welcome to the program, Melinda. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited. Tell me about, tell us about CASA. For those who may not be aware or know what CASA is, how about if you share that with us? Absolutely. So as you said, I am the Executive Director of CASA of Lexington. We serve Fayette, Bourbon, Woodford, Scott, and brand new Jasmine and Gary County. So although the name is CASA of Lexington, we're serving um, a good portion of Central Kentucky. But what CASA stands for is Court Appointed Special Advocates, and it is a nationwide nonprofit that exists in 49 of our 50 states. But if any listeners are listening from North Dakota, I hate to tell you, there's no CASA in North Dakota. And that's because there's a state law there that requires that our volunteers be attorneys. So hopefully that will be changed soon. Just what exactly is CASA? Nope, it's not a Mexican restaurant. So as I said, it stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates and they are trained and supervised volunteers that advocate on behalf of child abuse, child neglect victims in the family court system. And so you don't have to bring any special skill sets or qualifications or degrees to do this work. You have to be at least 21 years of age, willing to consent to various background checks. You take an oath of confidentiality because in Kentucky, family court is closed. So unless you're privy to the party or a CASA volunteer, you're not in that courtroom. And you go through a 30-hour training. That training is written by the National Association and used across the United States. But then after you finish that 30-hour training and get sworn in, you are matched to a case. It could be one child or a sibling set. We keep sibling sets together unless a sibling has perpetrated on a sibling and then they get separate CASA volunteers. But the role of that CASA volunteer is to do what's in the best interest of the child. 
So they're the only party there that's solely there for the best interest of the child, making them an unduplicated resource. And the CASA volunteer visits with the charter children at least monthly, some visit more than that. They have a court order so they can get medical records, school records, drug testing records of the biological parents. And they put all of that information into a report to give to the judge because the judge often never meets these children. And so that gives them a bigger picture so they can make a more informed decision. The CASA volunteer also has the opportunity to put recommendations at the end of the report. And this could be that the child really wants to play basketball or be in Girl Scouts, or maybe the child needs eyeglasses or counseling, or maybe we think we should terminate parental rights and look at adoption. We're there for whatever is in the safe and permanent interest of these children. But the beauty of this is too, after you go through the 30 hour training, you have a staff person called a volunteer manager that guides you through the process. They go on that first home visit with you. They're always at court with you. When you write the report, you use a template and you learn how to write that in the training, but they're gonna edit it and send it out to all the parties for you. So you have this support person that is on staff that guides you through the process. And it's important to know that we're required to have one full-time volunteer manager or paid staff person for every 30 volunteers. Therefore, we can only serve as many child abuse victims as we can raise funds. And what you might not know, Kathy, is Kentucky is unfortunately number one for child abuse in the nation, and we have been for three years. Oh, so that's, that's a staggering that's statistic. Right here in Fayette County, every year, about 1,200 new victims of child abuse and neglect that we know about that make it to the court. So at any given time, over 3,000 children in Fayette County alone here that are victims of child abuse and neglect. Now, Linda, let me ask you a question because I'm not originally from Kentucky, and of course I have listeners from all over. Is it always called CASA or is there another program name that might, people might be familiar with in their area? That's a great question. In majority of the states, it is called CASA, but there are some states that call it GAL or guardian ad litem. One example is Florida. I believe North Carolina calls it GAL. Here in Kentucky and many other states, a GAL is a paid attorney that is assigned to the case, but they're not writing reports. They're only required to see the child one time throughout the whole case of, of the uh, court case. And they don't generally have as much of a picture or ongoing relationship as a CASA. But so in some states it's called GAL. And so the national organization is called National CASA slash GAL. Okay. And then, so let's say that you're a young mom at home, you've got kids. Um, just to clarify, we are not speaking of foster care or adoption. At this point, this is a volunteer organization whereby you are trained and you are advocating for a particular child. You're not necessarily, or, at, or do you ever bring them into your home? Nope, that's not allowed. So that would be a conflict of interest. You hit the nail on the head. We are first and foremost an advocacy organization. Now that does not mean that you might not serve as a mentor in other ways or 
do fun things with the kids. You, at least here at our program and in most programs, you do not transport the children. So meaning they could be with foster mom, they could be with a relative, they could be in a residential treatment facility, they could be still in their home of origin, but there might be some concerns and things going on. So it could be any of those situations, but you might walk to the park. You might have whoever has the children drop the children off to you at Baskin Robbins and have ice cream. Those things are allowed, but meaning you're not there to be a caregiver to the children. And that's something for maybe a young mom that has some young children at home that says, you know, I have a heart for abuse and neglected children, but we're not in a place or right now to take in a foster child or to consider adoption. And so the reason you cannot have an open foster home at the same time as being a CASA volunteer because the courts consider that a conflict of interest. But now many people who have been foster parents and then close their home down become CASA volunteers. Many people become CASA volunteers and later down the road decide they want to be a foster parent. And then there are plenty that never cross the, the paths of doing both things. And majority of our CASA volunteers do work full-time or are working full-time in the home. So that should not be considered prohibitive if someone has a heart and feels that they're being called to do this work. I think I picked up on the fact that you do fundraising. So you have as many as you have funds. So what are some of the things that you do here or that you know about across the country that folks do to raise funds if the listeners have a heart to help? How can they do that? Absolutely. And so uh, from program to program, because they're local programs, everybody's probably doing something slightly different. But here in Kentucky, we pretty much are required to raise all the funds to run our program. So we don't get a direct allocation from the government or per child that we serve. It's fundraise dollars. So individual contributions, grants that we're able to get, actual fundraising events that people contribute to. And so something we do here, and I would guess that many CASA programs around the country Country may do something similar. We call it the Casa Angel Tree at Christmas time, where the children can list needs. So it might be clothing or a winter coat or a comforter. We have children that don't even have a bed that are sleeping in a chair, for example. So we've worked to get a toddler bed in some situations, but also they can put desires. Maybe they really want a particular Barbie doll or a Hot Wheels or, or whatever it is. And we put those children on trees in each of the communities we serve at Casa of Lexington and community members can select a child or children, purchase items from their list. They drop them off here unwrapped. And why we do that, when siblings are placed in a home together, um, we have some kids that maybe get a bicycle and clothes and then another kid that maybe gets a coloring book and crowns. We don't want that disparity to exist so we'll take supplemental gifts because some people just purchase straight gifts, not meant for a child to fill it in to make it a little more equal. Because I think we can all agree there would be nothing as bad as waking up on Christmas morning and your brother has gotten a bicycle, a Nerf football and tons of clothing and you've gotten a coloring book. Not to say that we're not grateful for whatever people donate, but we try and make it a bit more equal. So that's something that people can do. And throughout the year, we take new toys that can go on a shelf. So when volunteers are going to meet with a child for the first time, they can take it, or maybe if it's the child's birthday. And those things are the children's to keep forever. We have groups that make blankets, hygiene kits, because many of these children will show up at a foster home and they might not even have a toothbrush 
or anything that's theirs. Back to school supplies is another opportunity. So those are some of the in-kind fundraiser type things. Actual fundraiser events that we do here at Casa Lexington that bring in funding to allow us to run the program. In August or September, we have a fun run and 5K. So there's a children's 1K mad dash and a 5K walk or run. We call it the Casa Superhero Run. All kids need heroes, abused kids need superheroes. And we also have a festival that's part of ours with a petting zoo, inflatables, face painting, crafts, costume contests for kids, adults, teams, and pets. We have Disney princesses out there. We have superheroes from Comic-Con. And it's really a family-friendly day for everybody. The kids in the 1K all get capes and medals. The 5K, there are 300 figurines on the course. So not only do you get prizes for being quick but there are about twenty thousand dollars of donated prizes for the figurines that you might pick up while you're out there walking or running for us here in lexington that event this year will be august 21st but across the country many casa programs do casa superhero runs because of that tagline all kids need heroes abuse kids need superheroes here at Casa Lexington, our other big event is called Bourbon in the Bayou. It's a Mardi Gras style gala, we say with Kentucky flair. So we have bourbon distilleries that do tastings, a full cage and meal, a jazz band on arrival, another band inside with music and dancing, silent and live auctions. So if anybody's in the area or really honestly anywhere in the country, a lot of the funds come in from a silent and live auction. So if you have an Airbnb that you'd be willing to give up a week or a few nights, or maybe you are a quilter and make a quilt, that's something amazing we can put in the auction. Or maybe you work at a place that would be willing to put together a basket or even somebody independently. Maybe you have an Etsy shop or a skill set that you provide and do from the home while you're working in the home. That's something you might be able to donate. I met a stay-at-home mom two weeks ago who said, I'm limited in time. However, I do an interior design business on the side. She said, would you be willing to take a certificate? So that would help me expand her clientele because they have relocated to central Kentucky from out of state. So that allows her to meet some new client base, but two, it doesn't cost her any money but she's using her talent to invest in children that unfortunately have been abused or neglected. So it's sort of a mutually beneficial all around. So I tell people to think about things like that. This year in our silent auction, um, during COVID, I think we can all agree it was a challenging time and we might've picked up some skills and I decided to work on my baking while I was at home. So I decided I would put a three layer carrot cake that I felt I had perfected in the auction and the cake brought over $300. Who would have thought? But so, you know, thought? just thinking outside of the box ways to engage. And when is your bourbon and bayou this year? It, it will be in February. It is always the Friday before Fat, Fat Tuesday. Tuesday. So we call it Fat Friday here. And so this year it will be Friday, February 25th, 2022. Real quick before we end up here, where can, and I'm going to drop all of your information and links in the show notes, but where can folks get more information? How can they connect with the Fun Run, with you, to send a donation? How can they do that, if you wouldn't mind letting us know Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Our website is www.casaoflexington.org. So that's all together, C-A-S-A of Lexington.org. And up in the right-hand corner, there's a green button where you can donate now, and that is all 
all tax exempt um, and we will send you documentation, but also there's information on our history um, on applying to be a CASA volunteer if that's a call for you. There's also a program called Friends of CASA. So that's a way to volunteer where you're not assigned a case with children and you don't have to go through the 30 hour training. You still consent to the background checks, but maybe you speak another language and can help us interpret. Maybe you have graphic design skills or you're a photographer. Maybe you're willing to work as a volunteer at some of our events and help with parking or face painting or whatever it might be. So that's another program people can sign up to volunteer with. And there's just a plethora of information on the website in general. And if somebody's listening and you say, that's great, but I'm not in central Kentucky, don't let that deter you. Send me an email, connect with us. We'll get you information on the closest program to you. Now, one thing to know, there is not a CASA program in every county in Kentucky and around the state or the country. I'm sure that might be a challenge as well because we have to fundraise all the monies to run our programs. So at the beginning of the call, you heard me say we're just expanding into Jessamine and Gary counties here in central Kentucky. Before our expansion, they're previously not served. So out of Kentucky, about 70 of our 120 counties have CASA. But if you're in a county that doesn't, we'll work to match you to a CASA program that's closest to you. And anybody can be engaged in if they wanted to do um, purchasing gifts at Christmas or making a donation. And I can also connect you if there's a state association close to you. So you could say maybe you're interested in helping bring a CASA program to the community you live in. Awesome. Well, I am just so excited that we've had this opportunity to chat and that we can make this known because I think it is a great work you're doing and cannot wait for my listeners to be able to engage and just to see how this goes forth. So thank you so much again, Melinda, for being here. Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care. Take care.